All right, folks, what is going on? This is 347 of the Person Frame Rate Show. I am VF Baller, and uh, uh, today is going to be a day not about the players. We're going to talk about our GM, um, second year on the job, second offseason on the job, uh, Terry Fontenot. Uh, I, I think that what he's done in the last few months possibly in the last year or so it's been nothing short of phenomenal and i want to talk about the plan that i mean i don't know the whole ins and outs of it but i want to talk about the entire plan for what i see that he's doing and uh what does this mean for the team going forward uh also uh, if you haven't already i just made a video about my um georgia southern eagles not necessarily our eagles now but a former player who transferred through the transfer portal and now went to Wake Forest. So um, good to see Eldrick Robinson move on. It's just like I saw uh, Dow Baker. We talked about him yesterday as far as him making it, signing with the Arizona Cardinals. And, you know, it's just, just phenomenal seeing these young men move on and do um, great things as, as well as Georgia Southern is moving on and doing great things as well. So that is awesome. If this is your first time here, welcome to the First and Frame Rate Show. I am VF Baller. Over here, we talk about Georgia Southern and Atlanta Falcons football. And uh, you can also catch me not just on YouTube and Rumble. You can also listen on the audio side of things when it comes to Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, any of the platforms that you want to listen to the podcast on. You know, that's, you know, you can find it there. Uh, now, hopefully you guys find a way over there and subscribe and help this podcast grow because, you know, we are moving right along and I really appreciate it. Um, let's go ahead and get into this uh, episode. We're going to talk about uh, Terry Fontenot. A, a lot of people, for some reason, has been, you know, giving Terry Fontenot somewhat of a bad rap, especially early on in his tenure with uh the Atlanta Falcons some people claim that since he came from the Saints he's coming over to sabotage the team and all this other stuff and uh like a lot of guys out that I that I know as Falcons fans I mean true Falcons fans they you, they just say hey look trust the process you know there there it's kind of crazy to think that something like that may happen like somebody may come over to sabotage another team because they're our rival or whatever uh, I don't think there's something like that to be that malicious. And I don't want to go too far into this, but if that actually happened, you can possibly talk about, first of all, it'd be hard to prove. Second, um, you, you're possibly talking about somebody being banned for life as being anywhere near the NFL or any, you know, any type of sport that does something like that. You, you, you can bet that you could possibly be banned for that. Now I don't think that a, a guy like this would even try that. It just, it just sounds non is nonsense, but as things change, when they realize that Julio Jones didn't want to be here and the way they handled the Calvin Ridley situation, other players moving and shaking that we thought that was going to actually be prominent figures for the Falcons going forward end up moving on or not being around anymore. You know, we started to see like, okay, what? You know, Terry Fontenot, what, what, what is he trying to do? Because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of scratching my head with this. And everything went crazy when Matt Ryan was traded because not only that we traded him, we traded him for a third round pick. We recently talked about, you know, that uh that whole situation in episode uh, I think it was what three forty five when we talked about the trade and getting D'Angelo Malone. So um everybody was like, Oh no, what what are we doing now? We got robbed and this, that and the third. But I got a question, how do you get robbed when you have the means 
and you know the process is going you have the means to end up making uh over a hundred million dollars in cap space how do you get robbed in that situation i mean how what what kind of draft picks are you willing to give up just say in hypothetical how many draft picks are you willing to give up if you can create that much draft that that much cap space the following year you know and i think his plan that that the way he did this is like brilliant and i don't think you can deny it when you're looking at a situation where you got an older player and and i hate to talk about matt ryan like this we just got finished talking about him when you look at a player like Matt Ryan, who does all the things he's done, but he was an aging player. I, I, I said this early in the year. I think he had three good years left. But when you have a new regime come in, they're not banking on three years for a player. They're really thinking long term, but at the same time, they're trying to find ways to win right now. And this is one of the things that he was saying, like, yeah, we're going to have our cake and eat it too. That sounds crazy, but now we're looking at like, okay, we see what's going on here we see it if you haven't been paying attention i'm going to run down some fiscal things and it's not much to talk about this is almost like cut and dry based on what we see the the plan that he put in place to make this team you know not only uh competitive but very attractive for years to come first and foremost when you get rid of a player once again like i said like a matt ryan who has so much cap space when you get rid of somebody like julio jones with uh, the talent that he was and you got to take that cap hit all that stuff comes off the books eventually and once it comes off the books you have free cap space on top of that with all that cap space you also have a lot of guys that they were able to bring in on one-year deals so what does that tell you? These guys that are here on one-year deals are not just any guy off the street. These are guys that shown that they're fairly solid players. And some of them get, got two-year deals, and it's pretty interesting how that played out. Like, you know, like a Casey Hayward or uh, Mariota. You know, those guys got two-year deals. But when you look at guys like Zoe Carter, you look at Eric Harris, you look at um, Dame Williams, you look at uh, like four or five other players, Alden Tate, those guys got one-year deals. What does that mean? hey look we want to see how well you can do and we got something as a very big incentive for you if you do very well not only that you can get like a long-term deal with us we have cap space to basically to to basically sign you for a, a good bit of money so with this one-year deal if you play like you are a top-tier player you can get paid like a top tier player here. So it's not like you have to go somewhere else to show off your talent because there could be a situation where nobody else has as much cap space as we do. I mean, this is a brilliant move when it comes to what Terry Fontenot has done. You know, you, you keep, you, it is it, almost like, you know, it's, it's almost like an audition. Yeah. We'll give you a one year deal for 5 million, but if you ball, you can possibly make 50. Yeah, we'll give you a two-year deal for, you know, 11 million. But if you play up to your positions, you can get a 81 million. I'm just throwing numbers out there. But when you look at those type of things, that's the stuff that really can incentivize players. And not only that, that puts out a, a, a reputation for a first year, second year, or first time GM to say, hey, if these guys, if I go to this team and play well, I'm going to be taken care of. 
Now you have people that want to come to Atlanta. At one time, you didn't have too many players wanted to come to this team. Yeah, you had the Tony Gonzalez's of the world who wanted to come in, which I, I still feel bad we wasn't able to win a ring for him. I feel about, about as bad for him as I feel bad for Matt Ryan because those guys played uh, they had phenomenal careers. But that's another story for another day. But you don't have, like, the big splash, you know, uh, uh, like a big splash free agent signing. I mean, you remember when we got Todd Gurley? We thought that was pretty cool. Um, what's the other running back that we got? Uh, Steven, uh, oh, man, number 39 that used to play for the Rams. I can't remember his last name. But anyway, we got him for a little bit, and we thought we were, like, great. But when you look at what we had, we had, like, you know, a shell of uh, of those players, you know, it, it just wasn't the same. You know, Todd Gurley wasn't the same player that we thought he was with the Rams. You know, uh, I still can't remember. His, I told you I told you guys I'm not good with names. He's number 39. I know that. I think his name was Steven something. I know you guys in the comment section will let me know. But but when we get players like that, O.C. Umanura, don't get me wrong, he played pretty well when he came over here, but he wasn't that guy from the Giants. You know what I mean? I think the last really good uh signing that we had a free agent signing now we're not talking about nobody that was drafted but a good free agent signing that we had and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong or if you could pull up one better let me know tony gonzalez obviously stands out and i remember we picked up lawyer malloy i thought he was a pretty good signing that we had at the time as well um i'm thinking anywhere else in between that eh, you know i don terry poe maybe you know, which, you know, they tried that same philosophy with Don Terry Poe. Here's a one-year deal worth $7 million. See what you could do. And he actually played pretty well. But he ended up deciding to go to the Panthers the following year. So it's it's it's, it's not too many, you know, that I can think of. Like, I know you guys in the comments have probably already, you know, typed a few players. But those are the only two that I remember. But now with, you know, a hundred plus million in salary cap space next year in 2023. These guys also have that are already here that could possibly make that money and already know the system that's already here. That'll give them more of a, a incentive. Like, look, I don't have to go nowhere and learn nothing new. I'm already familiar with this for one year. I can do very well and I can get taken care of by this team. So, you can find other players who the guys who may not get signed. Think about it now. The guys who may not get signed after 2020 that other on this one year deal. You make a bring in other players that could fill that void, and there may be better players, and they may want to get that same type of um pipeline of fiscal income. Where hey, I could play Terry Fontenot and these guys are gonna try to pay us if we play up to our potential or max out our potential or go beyond our potential. So when you look at stuff like that, I, I, I like I tell you, I think Terry Fontenot has done a phenomenal job of putting this together. The way he set it up, yeah, we lost our franchise quarterback in the process, but what I said when they did the press conference a while back, they already was they were they cryptically told us that they didn't want Matt Ryan. They wanted to do right by him because they wanted to get rid of him from day one. And I hate to you know I hate to say it like this because I, I like Matt Ryan, but I don't blame him. I don't. When you're trying to bring in your own philosophy, 
your own makeup of your team, your own, uh, you know, you want to create your own legacy as a coach or a GM. You may want to clean house. And we all starting to see this now that, hey, Arthur Smith like guys that can move a little bit in the pocket. Marcus Mariota is his guy. De no, De Desmond Ritter runs a 4-4. So this is, this is the makeup of the team. Uh, Matt Ryan will maybe run, what, a 5-2? maybe five six i mean i don't I mean, don't get me wrong now he can move but he's not like these other guys that we got now so when you create your, the makeup of your team you start to see the type of players that we're getting now you know terry fontenot gets with arthur smith they both of them get with dean Pease and say hey look i need bigger faster stronger and i ain't gonna say stronger because i don't know but i need bigger and 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 and, and faster players I need more stronger play. I need some guys that are built bulky and built up. 6'3", 240, 6'3", 250, 6'5", you know, 270. That could get off the edge rush, do something. Go up the middle and, and, and clog up the running lanes. Big receivers that can go up and catch the ball. Mobile quarterback that can get around. And that's what they're, that's what they're doing. And on top of that, Terry's getting things together where it's going to be an incentive to be an Atlanta Falcon. Not only that you would get paid, we're putting a philosophy together where that we're trying to win games, which to be honest with you, looking at the way things are now, I, I, I'm I starting to get on board with some of the guys in the comment section. I was thinking about it. I, 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 not, I'm not 100% sure, but I can, I, I'm starting to see 11 wins, 10 wins, 12 wins. Cause it's not because of the opponent that we're facing is about what we're trying to do over here. And if you don't beat yourself, you have a high chance of winning a lot of games. And this is what they are capable of. They're capable of putting a team together to make something like this happen. And I, I just been sitting back looking at this. I'm like, man, all these one year prove it deals. And at the same time, we have a lot of dead caps uh, space on the books. Yeah. Grady Jarrett just re-signed and it helped a little bit. And we could probably sign one or two more players if, if we want to. But when you look at 2023, you got all this talent on this team because you did well in the draft already. You got some talent on the team because the guys, even though they didn't play up to their full potential, that doesn't mean that they don't have the talent. But then you turn around and have all this other money behind it where you can sign more people, where you can make different decisions on certain players, where you can attract other players that want to come to Atlanta. There's, you know, you know, this is funny. You notice that this is kind of like how the Hawks were a little bit. The Hawks start to be that way, where some players are starting to like want to come to the to, to Atlanta to play. You know, I I mean, I, I'm not going to lie, man. I'm not, I'm a Bulls fan, but I would love to see Trey Young and Donovan Mitchell together. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I would love to see that. Now I think that'd be, that'd be something really cool. See, I don't give me, I like John Collins, but at the same time, if you do bring somebody like a Donovan Mitchell, one of those, and I, I don't want to get too far in the, in the basketball talk. But that kid that was drafted last year, Johnson or something like that, he's going to have to fill the role of John Collins. He's going to have to be that high flyer to get alley oops off the, you know, out of the sky. But I, I will watch that. And I'm a Bulls fan. 
but you see the parallel a little bit of what Terry Fontenot's doing. Atlanta is pretty much like the New York of the South. There's no reason why this can't be a full-time attraction area. We should be outshining every team down here in the NFC South. We should be dominating them as far as attraction-wise. I mean, the Braves already do it. The Braves are so good <clears throat> with their brand and, and the makeup of their team. People from all parts of the Southeast and possibly all over the country wants to see this team. Nobody really talks about the Marlins or the, the Tampa Bay Rays or, you know, they don't talk about those teams like that. Atlanta got it. I mean, the Braves got it locked. And I know football down here in the South is 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 like a religion, but the Falcons should be able to put themselves in a position where this Southeast and the way to make up of this of the city, and you get guy you get a team out here that can start winning consistently. You know we can we can attract a lot of people. You know fans, you know players, the the city could be booming. You know, I remember when the Falcons was going on that was on that Super Bowl run, and and it all started when that last game, the last I think I think it was either the Russell Wilson game when we beat up on the Seahawks or the game after that when we played the Green Bay Packers, and that's when you started seeing a shift in the city. Well, okay, the Falcons are about to do it. Falcons about to do it, and we all know what happened. But you saw the makings of a city that was ready to explode. Don't get me wrong; what the Braves have done is phenomenal. What the what the Georgia Bulldogs have done, and I don't like talking about them too much on the channel. What they've done in Athens, made that you know annex over to that to the Atlanta area was awesome. It ignited the city. But the Braves already been champions before. Albeit it been years ago in '95, they've been champions before, so it it hits because it's been a while. But if you've been around, it just doesn't hit as hard as it did back then. Not too many people been around when you know the Bulldogs won the national title in 1980. I wasn't even around, but even though they won it in 2022, it it hit pretty hard because it was so long. But we always knew in the back of their minds they've been champs before. The Hawks already been champs. We already know the ups and downs of that team, but they haven't been able to taste it in a while. But we know that the Hawks, I think the Hawks have been national, been world champs before. I, I think they have. It's like in the seventies or something like that. You, you know, United. You know what I'm saying? Atlanta United. Another team they won in 2018. Georgia Tech. They won in 1990. Falcons are pretty much the only team that hasn't been that haven't been able to raise a trophy yet. And if they're able to win, raise a trophy for the first time, you really will see a groundswell in the city of Atlanta because not only we was already close at one point, but there's other times where we felt that we had a team just as good. I mean, what the GM is doing with this physical plan that he has for these guys to be great for these guys to get paid for these guys to be in a position to be legendary in a Falcons uniform. You can't do nothing but tip your hat to what the GM Terry Fontenot has done. I think he's done a brilliant job of making up this 
path to not only give people incentive to come to the to the uh to the Falcons and get paid, but also come to the Falcons and be winners. Hopefully that works out because right now after this draft and the free agency, look like they're trying to build something. But we're really going to see once that cap money is actually on the books and we can actually make some moves, we'll really see what we're capable of. Because I don't expect us to win the Super Bowl this year. About 20% feeling that way. That I think that we could. We don't know. But we'll see how this all plays out. I can't wait to see what happens going further with this GM and what the team is trying to do. I I think it's phenomenal. If you like this content, hit the like button, share this content, share the podcast, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, whether it be YouTube, Rumble, or any other podcast avenues that you would like, subscribe over there. So I do an episode every uh, Monday through Friday every morning at 9 a.m. And I hope at 9 a.m. Eastern. Hope you guys enjoyed this. You know what I'm saying? You know, let people know what we're doing over here. If you enjoyed it, please let me know. Um, if you enjoyed it, share this. The little share button under the video if you're watching this on um, any platform uh, as far as YouTube goes. Any platform, like if it's a cell phone, desktop, whatever the case may be. Hit that share button and just send it to somebody. Email it to somebody. Say, hey, man, what you think about this? Let people know what we're doing. I really appreciate it. Uh, also, um, subscribe once again if you haven't already. And uh, we'll be back on Friday. And we're going to talk about some scheduling and we're going to talk about the NFC South. I think that's going to be a really interesting episode because the NFC South looks very different and it may actually look favorable favorable for our Falcons. All right, y'all. Y'all take it easy. You guys enjoy the rest of your Thursday. You guys be blessed. Peace.